0: Greeny with Mike Greenberg. The podcast.
1: Boston Celtics are alive. They continue to fight. They have forced a game six in Miami tomorrow, and in the process, they have in virtually ensured that their head coach is going to be their head coach for the future. Canty Carlin in for Greeny, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, Series 6M Channel 80. By the way, you could tweet us at ChrisCanty99 at ChrisCarlin. Uh, later in the hour, just a remarkably embarrassing situation for me this morning that I have to get your take on. And okay. It feels like I teased that just like that at least once a week. Yeah. A remarkably embarrassing situation for me, and it's happened again. Well, you know,
2: the the, the one positive about that is it's good to be able to laugh at yourself, right? Yeah. yeah. People. I, that I laugh don't know how don't, I wouldn't. People that laugh at themselves, don't take themselves too seriously, tend to live longer. I don't know what study shows that, but I'd like to believe that that's the case. Uh, okay. Then- there you go. And even Siri agrees with you. Yes, yeah, she does. Exactly. So I'm just going to roll with it. I'm just going to put it out there and say it. See, now here's the problem. You say
1: that to me, and I take that study that you just cited blindly out of nowhere, and I put more stock in that than anything my cardiologist would ever <laughs> say. <laughs> Kenti, oh, man. I think that we were of the impression that Joe Mazula. Uh, was in a little bit of trouble potentially had the Miami Heat got swept. I I think based on what we have heard throughout the series, especially when they went down three games to none, I personally started to believe that he wasn't going to lose his job, even if they got swept, Mm. because you heard Woj talk about the idea that, well, this happened very late in the process last year, and this team was very upset by how the Ime Adoka situation went down. And those negative feelings about it came back up when the Nets almost hired him and when the Rockets did. It's like it just kept bubbling back up. And yeah. Missoula really didn't have strong number two in place to really be good support staff. Like, that all, to me... Well, number kind
2: of, two was in place. That was Will Hardy. He ended up right. getting hired by Danny Ainge. Well, Will Hardy would have been the coach, I yeah, think, exactly, first, had no it not doubt. been... No yeah. doubt.
1: But that aside, that led me to believe okay, they are setting you up for Missoula to return right now because that kind of information getting out there is usually a bit of a justification. Has Missoula right now, no matter what, already just confirmed that he's going to be back as the Celtics coach to you?
2: Well, I said this yesterday. I I thought that game four put him one step closer to keeping his job. You know, Brad Stevens has got to find a way to justify keeping his guy intact and continuing down the path that he set out with at the beginning of the season in the same path that led him to give Joe Mazzulla a contract extension in the middle of the season and drop the interim tag. He was just looking for something to validate the decision that he made in the middle of the season in the Eastern Conference Finals, and Joe Missoula gave him that over the last six quarters. So you can now justify keeping Missoula as the head coach, keeping the roster largely intact, even though you have looming decisions, and I don't really think there are decisions, about the Supermax contracts that you're going to extend to Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum over the next two summers. So I, I think you can convince yourself that we're on the right track even if you end up losing this series because you've made it competitive, because it's a long series, having gone six or seven games.
1: Here, here's Missoula from last night on what's gone right the last couple of games.
2: One of our assistants put it in great perspective. Uh, the season's like nine months long, and we just had a bad week. Sometimes you have a bad week at work. And uh, you know, we obviously didn't pick the best time to have a bad week, but we did. And um, we're sticking together and uh, fighting like hell to
0: keep it alive. And the guys are, are really coming together. Is, is the cause to come back from this brought the guys together? I know it's a pretty obvious answer, but how has it and has it?
2: I mean, I think it's just it backs against the wall. You don't have a choice. Um, and so it builds a connection and builds, um, you know, just a, an opportunity. And so, like I've said it all year, the guys in that locker room, um, they always stick together. And, uh, you know, when our backs are against the wall, we just have to continue that. Yes. You know what I hear? I hear a lot more humility in Joe Missoula's voice from what we heard in the Sixers series, right? Yeah. How about these adjustments? Let's yeah. talk about these adjustments. That crap has gone out of the window, hasn't it? Yes, it has. Joe, Joe Missoula's like, listen, we're fighting like hell right now. Like, I understand what we're going through. I understand the position that I put myself in with this team underachieving against the eighth seeded Miami Heat. Like, he gets the stakes and the gravity of what this series means for him individually, but also for the organization given the decisions that they got to make over the next two summers. See, that's interesting because uh, I didn't love hearing,
1: well, you know, we just had a bad week because that sounded a little bit like justification, but. But it's real. Uh, it's a real thing to say. Uh, yeah. You're I get dealing that. with people and not robots. Yep. Absolutely yeah. true. But I do take that and say, okay, you know what? He's learning. He's learning that he has to handle himself a little bit differently publicly and we all learn from mistakes along the way do you feel like though because i don't do you feel like this was a group in that locker room that felt like we have to step up and defend our coach and play for our coach i personally feel like Hell this no was, that no, wasn't that no this was i think this was personal pride we're getting our tail kicked here
2: yeah, I think it was just those guys saying to each other that we can't go out like this. This yeah. is embarrassing. Yeah. Like we don't want our names attached to getting swept by an eight seed that lost the first game of the play-in tournament. That's that that's not that's not a good look. And and here's the other thing. If you like playing with your teammates, you probably better not get swept. If you like playing in T D Garden, if you like playing in front of that fan base, you better not get swept. Because we talked about it. Not only is Brad Stevens faced with having to move on from Missoula if they got swept, but you're probably looking at wholesale changes on this roster. Yeah, maybe it's not Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, but the others, like guys like Marcus Smart and Derek White and Grant Williams and Al Horford, the whole lot, Malcolm Brought, the whole lot of those guys, hell, ain't nothing precluding them from moving off from now if you underachieve. Like, we can rework the pieces around Brown and Tatum. To me, those are the two answers before you even consider moving one of the two all-NBA players the Boston Celtics have. So, to me, I think this is more about those guys' commitment to each other and not wanting to be embarrassed – and get swept unceremoniously in four games to the Miami Heat as opposed to them sticking up for their head coach.
1: Cantia Carlin on ESPN Radio, in for Grinny, presented by Progressive Insurance. See, this is where I, I worry about the situation a bit. Mm. I don't want this to be about justification for the decision that Brad Stevens made to give him the contract extension. We wouldn't even be talking about this if he hadn't gotten that extension. If they lose this series, no matter how it went down, he would have been out. If he still had the interim tag, yes, yeah, he I would agree have been out. I agree and, with that. And Canty, this is such a rare time right now, where you have the coaching talent out there that's available. I mean, can you remember a coaching free agent class like we have right now? No.
2: Yeah, that's
1: the thing for me.
2: Not with if, three, not with three championship winning head coaches in Doc Rivers, Frank Vogel, and. Um, Nick Nurse. No, no.
1: And and with that in mind, it feels like they have made up their mind based on wanting to justify it as opposed to justify the decision to give him the extension as opposed to what's going to be better to try to make those two guys come together in the long term. Because we both agree the Boston Celtics, for the long term, are best served making it work with those two superstars because – while they would get a ton in return for Brown, it still doesn't. Usually, the team that gets the superstar gets the better of the deal.
2: Yeah, I would agree with that, and I get why you don't like the job justification angle with Brad Stevens and Joe Mazula. But that's the way of the that's world. is just when reality. It comes to I know professional sports and even everyday life. I mean, there are so many times where people make decisions higher ups. Um, superiors, they make decisions when it comes to their subordinates, and they do everything that they can, and they give their subordinates every single resource in order for them to have every opportunity at success. Brad Stevens is going to do the same thing, and he would have been reluctant to pull the plug on Joe Missoula, but I, and and at, and at risk of talking about a sports hypothetical, I don't want us to go too far down this right, road. But right. I, I, I would have felt like it, it would have been a tough decision to keep him had they gotten swept in this series. But now that's off the table because you're talking about this series now, you know, getting to a sixth game down in Miami. If I lose this
1: series, though, when we talk about justification, uh, what do GMs always talk about? We are constantly evaluating, constantly evaluating to make our team better, right? Mm-hmm. I can justify it if I actually did want to make the move by saying, if I'm uh, Brad Stevens, A, I never would have seen – this group of coaches available mm-hmm. at once ever coming when we gave him the extension, you could say that behind closed doors. And B, if we're constantly evaluating and constantly trying to get better, aren't I better served by getting a coach that's won a championship already? Well,
2: here's where it comes down to the relationship that my head coach has with my two superstars, right? The relationship that he has with those guys, the relationship that he has with the players in that locker room, do they believe in what he's doing, what he's selling them? Because that's what it ultimately boils down to. Like, can he push the right buttons to get these guys to play up to the maximum of their potential? So often we've been talking about the Boston Celtics playing down to teams or not necessarily playing at their best until their backs are up against the wall. Can he find a way? Can he learn these guys enough to where you have confidence that in the biggest moments, when the stage and the stakes are the greatest, can he make the right decisions to motivate these guys and bring out the best in them? If he can do that, and if he can show signs of learning how to do that, then great, I can stay the course. If he doesn't, then I got some serious questions to ask about whether or not he's the right coach to get these guys to play at a championship level. I will say this. I don't think the last two games is a reflection on the players' confidence level in Joe Uh Missoula. I don't think it turns around that quickly. I don't think we get the leaks about Ime Adoka and the players feeling like the organization did him dirty and all of that stuff. I don't think that changes in just a week's time. I don't. All right? I think that's the thing that we have to watch as this thing continues to play out in this series and going into next season. Do the players believe in Joe Missoula? Do they think that he has the answers to the test? Because if they do, then you got the right head coach. If you don't, you're going to have big problems. Let's not forget, a couple weeks ago, Marcus Smart talked about the quote-unquote randomness in the offense. The offense looks like it's gotten fixed. The defense has gotten better too. But I don't think all of the questions about what the hell Joe Missoula has them doing has gone away.
1: Tune in tomorrow night. It's Game 6 of the NBA Eastern Conference Finals as the Heat host the Celtics, presented by Indeed. Coverage begins 8 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations and Sirius XM Channel 80. It's Canty and Carlin in Fort Greene. brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. It's not often that you can get the coach and the GM perspective on things like this from one person. We're going to do that. Next, and you're going to want to hear it. Canty and Carlin for Greeny on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80.
3: Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement... Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to macys.com/giftfinder today. That's macys.com/giftfinder. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely.
0: Greeny,
1: the podcast. Are the Lakers options this offseason? It's and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. We get to that in 30 seconds. The best teams start with great talent, but finding the right people can be a challenge. It's like sports scouts researching top athletes across the country to find potential picks for pro teams. When it comes to hiring, ZipRecruiter can help you find the right candidates for your team fast ziprecruiter sends your job to over 100 job sites and ziprecruiter is so effective that 4 out of 5 employers who post on ziprecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day to try ziprecruiter for free go to ziprecruiter.com/greeny ziprecruiter.com/greeny ziprecruiter the smartest way to hire can we go to
2: ziprecruiter for the lakers to get a third star can, can we use them to find? Can we? Can we use Zip Recruiter to get us a star? We need that? another star outside of broader AD. I'm just asking. How good are you, Zip Recruiter? Can you do that for us? Because that's what we need.
1: I gotta tell you, I just had a vision of Kyrie Irving's resume on Zip Recruiter. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Okay, it says here that you decided not to show up last year. Yeah. On principle, but you did oddly show up at a political fundraiser. What do you say about that?
2: And he showed up at a nightclub, too. (laughs) Birthday party for his sister and his dad. Yeah, yeah, he did that. But his teammates and his coaches didn't know where he was. No, exactly. That sounds like a guy you can depend on to help you win a championship, LeBron. (laughs) Canty and Carlin in for Grinny. With that in mind,
1: Dave McMenamin of ESPN.com. Great story today uh, that you want to check out. Regarding the Lakers... And what their options are for next season. Not great, Bob. And I'll tell you, it's a great story, but it is depressing. Yeah. (laughs) Because here are the three options.
2: Run it back with what you have. That means re-signing D'Angelo Russell, Austin Mm -hmm. Reeves, and Rui? Yeah, and also... uh, uh, Like Beasley? Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt,
1: okay. Yep, Uh, who I believe is a restricted free agent, if I'm not mistaken. Vanderbilt is restricted. I think Beasley has an option. Beasley has an option, correct. Uh, shake it up, which would lead to letting D'Angelo Russell go and either pursuing Kyrie, Fred Van Vliet in maybe a Mm sign-and-trade, which absolutely I'd be down for that, because if Van Vliet uh, opts out then and and you're going to get nothing for him, you may as well try to work something out with the Lakers, right, if you're Toronto. Or the last one that he brought up that I thought was very interesting – from Atlanta, not Trey Young, Dejounte Murray. Could the Could the Hawks be interested in trading away Murray? Not necessarily a true, uh, a point guard in the truest he's, sense. He's a
2: combo guard. Yes, he's a combo guard. But
1: defensively, would be really good to add to that mix.
2: Yeah, he's. he's I mean, from a shot making standpoint, yep. he gives you what you're looking for. And then defensively, he's a much better option in the lineup than having D'Lo out there. So, yeah, I Mm -hmm. I absolutely love DeJounte Murray. If we could get our hands on him, that would be a phenomenal get for the Lakers. Option three, split the difference. (laughs) What the hell does that look like?
1: What does split the difference look like? It didn't look like anything good, I can tell you that. It was certainly nothing that you would think, wow, this is an easy fix for the Lakers because this is the point. None of the options make you feel great. And the, the idea of shaking it up, well, it doesn't make you feel great in the possibilities that exist of it actually happening. Like, if you're willing to take the risk on Kyrie Irving, I think that's probably the most likely thing. But what? I don't like the risk
2: of Kyrie yeah. Irving. I just don't.
1: Yeah. I mean, here's what they're talking about with Split the Difference. Mm. You try to keep Dennis Schroeder. Then you maybe you look at uh, give a role to players like Troy Brown and Wynnian Gabriel. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are guys that you're not looking at and thinking,
2: well, he's going to be ready to step up and be
1: a major factor for us. Listen,
2: Dejounte Murray is an all star. Like I would love, yeah. I would love for them to be able to get him. And even though from a playmaking standpoint, he doesn't give you exactly what you're looking for in terms of somebody to handle the ball outside of LeBron. I think he does give you enough shot making. He does give you enough of a threat in terms of a perimeter knockdown shooter and a two-way player because he's good defensively. I think he gives you enough of that where, you'll, where you elevate your team. You elevate your talent base. Like You get closer to the Denver Nuggets. Now, I actually love the Fred Van Vliet move too. And depending on what that would look like in a sign and trade, I could be down for that. I think Van Vliet does give you more of the playmaking that you need aside LeBron James in order to get closer to Denver. But I also recognize DeJounte Murray is a younger player than Van Vliet is. And the upside of DeJounte Murray is higher than Van Vliet is. So if you're a Rob Palenka, you want to bring in somebody that can help you now compete for a championship with the twilight of LeBron. But you also want somebody that can help you after LeBron in terms of what your future looks like because you don't have a lot of draft picks to rebuild your team with. See so in 2029. So you, so you gotta. So you gotta have some some pieces there when LeBron decides to step away to let you be competitive alongside of AD. And I think Dejounte Murray does more for you in that regard than a Van Vliet sign and trade. So I I get how the Lakers be can be caught betwixt and between. But what I would say is this. If you're serious about LeBron competing for a championship in his last year or two that you have him, then you can't be half pregnant. You got to go all in. And if, that's, and if that's the commitment that you're willing to make if you're the Lakers and LeBron does in fact come back, then to me the sign and trade with Van Vliet is a more viable option than exploring a trade with the Atlanta Hawks.
1: KT Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. Up next, uh, social problem that i need to get solved and yet another embarrassing situation for me and mike tannenbaum will help us solve that he doesn't even know it yet but he will that is in moments Canty and carlin espn radio
3: we all know breakfast is an important part of your day but sometimes when you're traveling for business you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any you know what happens you grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely we've all been there
1: You can watch Greeny on the ESPN app. Just click watch, look for Greeny and enjoy. We Just a second ago,
4: you can, wa- well, you can watch him flying away on his Blade sponsored uh, <laughs> Bayonne Golf Club, six there you minutes go. in the air. There you go. We, there's a heliport, uh, what, maybe f- four or 500 yards from here. Yes. Uh, I think more precisely, a five iron. That, that's exactly
2: <laughs> it. There you go, Mikey. There you go.
4: And there's the the picture
1: of it up now on on the app. And every time you look over, it is the heliport where they shoot succession. And they shot part of succession... uh, during the uh, earlier this season, mm-hmm. they had shot it right in this neighborhood when they were on the boat. When they found out that, again, spoiler alert, Logan Roy had passed away. Yeah. So I don't want to ruin it for anybody. I hope I didn't just ruin it for you. You don't God care. Forbid,
2: you don't care if you ruin it. At
1: this point, for if him. you haven't watched it in two months, I can't help you. You know, Paul. I think that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that Nicely in a second. Done. That is Mike Tannenbaum, our ESPN <laughs> NFL front office insider, and you may not have known that Mike also was an agent for some coaches along the way, NBA coaches, he, uh, if I'm not mistaken, negotiated Steve Kerr's deal with the Golden State Warriors when he first went there. Mike, let's talk about Joe Mazzula here because I'd love to know from the coach's perspective and from the organization's perspective, he got a contract extension at the uh, right near the All-Star break uh, where they removed the interim tag from him. And now you had things not go all that smoothly late down the stretch. They won the last couple. But if you're in a management spot and you have a particularly good coaching free agent class like they do this year, it's almost unprecedented. How do you evaluate that? I gave this young coach an extension at the All-Star break, but we might lose to the eighth-seeded team. We might lose to a team that we shouldn't lose to right now.
4: Yeah, look, you have to do, like, what is in your best interest. And to me, the best example of this guy's was actually what Sean McVay and Stan Crocky did when they gave Jared Goff a massive extension with over $100 million guaranteed. And then within a year, Matthew Stafford becomes available. They go to Stan Kroenke and say, hey, we have an opportunity to get better. There's going to be a sunk cost that we're going to have to eat here. And the rest is history. The LA Rams became world champions. And I think you have to have a similar conversation with your owner and say to Wick, hey, look, we we like Joe Mazzulla. He's young. He didn't even have a training camp. It was very unusual how we got thrown into the fire. With that said, we have an unexpected opportunity to fill in the blank. You know, I don't think Doc's going to go back there, but there's a number of other guys from, you know, Nick Nurse amongst others that, you know, could be available. And, if we're doing what's best for us, while we think that Joe Missoula is a solid B, for us to really pursue greatness, to be champions, to beat Philadelphia and Milwaukee on a regular basis, we have an opportunity and we have a responsibility to our organization to look at that.
2: You brought up with Gruosbeck. I mean, how much does ownership influence what you do as the general manager? Because you might have convictions because of the hire that you made in Joe Missoula, But ownership is going to have something to say. And based on the word that we're hearing from our insiders and reports, ownership is disappointed based on what they've seen so far from this Boston Celtics team throughout the playoffs.
4: Yeah, they should be because when you just look at the players, Chris, and you're just drafting them, I mean, throwing Jimmy Butler out, I mean, how many other Celtics are you taking before you take, you know, fill in, what, Bam, Ayubayo? Like, it is clearly the Celtics are a much better basketball team. And if they could give up. I'm making this up, three first-round picks for Eric Spolster. Hard to think that they wouldn't do that at this point. So when you're the GM, Chris, you're you're. – I've always said this. You're the point guard between the head coach and the owner and saying, like, hey, like, we're going to have to eat a lot of this contract on Joe Mazzula, but we have a chance to become an A and – when you look at it and you could get somebody who's established with this team that we have right now with Tatum and Brown, it's something we really got to look at.
1: Mike Tannenbaum with us, ESPN NFL Front Office Insider, where we're talking about the front office and the operations, how things work in general. And I guess at the end of a season, I'm very curious as to how that whole process plays out, Mike. The evaluation process, when it didn't go the way that you expected it to go,
4: take me through what that's like and, and how you approach it. Yeah, I mean the, here's the reality, guys, like the NFL head coaching cycle starts on November first. I mean, that's really the time that when teams are trending in a direction that if it's not going well, you know, you're you're finalizing your decision that last weekend. You're not beginning those discussions. And again, like your job is to lay out and look, I've been on part of those discussions, like here's who's gonna be available, here's what we think we need to do to get better. Like when we went after Rex Ryan at the Jets, you know, we felt like we had to have a different approach with our locker room and you know, changed our defense a little bit. Um, and you're having conversations well ahead of time because you're also trying to assess who your competition is. So, hey, we're identifying, let's say, we wanted Sean Payton this year. Well, who are we competing against? You know, mm-hmm. Those are things that the Denver Broncos are asking themselves.
2: Talking with ESPN NFL front office insider Mike Tannenbaum on Greeny. And Mike T, switching gears, going to a little bit of NFL. We were talking earlier about quarterbacks that are going to have new play callers this season. Dak Prescott with Mike McCarthy. Justin Herbert with Kellen Moore, even Pat Mahomes with Matt Nagy now back in Kansas City. Out of all of the moving pieces, out of all of the different new play callers with significant quarterbacks in this league, who do you think is going to have the most impact from a play calling standpoint on quarterbacks? Yeah,
4: I think without question it's the Chargers guys because when you look at Dallas – in Kansas City, even though Eric Bieniemy moved on or Kellen Moore, like, there's continuity there with the head coach, and those are offensive guys. Yep. I think clearly what we're seeing is Brandon Staley is a defensive guy, and he's saying, hey, didn't work out with Joe Lombardi for whatever reasons. Kellen Moore come in, and, like, by all accounts, guys, they're just going to try to light it up. You know, they have three receivers. Like, they're going to be really hard to match up when you think about, like, the size of their receivers from Quint Johnston from TCU, Mike Williams put and Allen in the slot. I think they're going to throw the ball all over the lot. Yeah,
2: that's the
1: front
4: court of an NBA team. (laughs) I mean, that's what it is. Mike, can Sean Payton salvage Russell Wilson? Yeah, I think Russell Wilson becomes a beat. Russell Wilson should be worrying about starting in 2024 because, look, we know the first speech that Sean Payton says when he walks in, I go by what I see and the best players will play, and I didn't give up all these first-round picks. I didn't give him this contract. I will do everything I can to make him better, but I am not beholden to Russell Wilson.
2: Mike T, does anything happen with the Devontae Adams-Las Vegas Raiders relationship? Because it doesn't sound like it's in the best of places right now.
4: Yeah, I think it could. And if I'm, you know, fill the blank, the New England Patriots who desperately could use a number one receiver like a Devontae Adams, I'm certainly calling Bill Belichick. I'm calling my old offensive coordinator, Josh McDaniels. The one thing I would say to Devontae Adams is I would do that behind closed doors because you're trying to – if you're trying to move on, you don't want to draw attention to it. You want to get in there and be a problem solver and say, hey, this isn't working. I need to get out of here. By going public like that, if I'm another team, I may have some second thoughts. All
1: right, Mike, you have been in uh, in, in you know you've run organizations. You've you've been I've been, in... I've
4: been socially awkward. Let's just get right to it. <laughs> uh, let's just get right to no, it. No, no. I,
1: I this is more of just working in organizations that have so many people around. So this this is what kills me. This morning, uh, the guy who basically <laughs> is in charge of us being on the air. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> kind of Mike and. For three months at least, if not longer, I found out today I have been calling him Connor. I, I thought his name was Connor. And you know, when you get told that, well, you just feel like the biggest dumbass, right? And immediately, I'm just like, oh, man. And I guess my first question is have you been in that position before? Multiple times. And, and and what do you
4: feel like like did how long did the person wait before they actually told you? Actually, I can. There's even something more awkward. Like when I first got to college, and you're hanging out with somebody, and like now you're like too close. Like they think you know the name, and you don't, and then you're in a situation <laughs> where you have to introduce them. And I'm like, "Hey, big guy, this is Chris." Chris <laughs> big guy. That's even worse than not knowing the guy's name. So I have been there. Yeah, I usually just relied on
1: the person whose name I did know, and say, "Hey, this is." Chris, yeah, and then <laughs> just count on them, and generally that person would know that I didn't know and would not
2: give it up at all.
0: A <laughs> thousand
2: percent. That's exactly what I would do. But I've actually been on the other side of that and been the person who the the person that's introducing didn't know their name.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so how do custom- you handle that?
2: Well, it was a little bit awkward because it actually came out on air. And it happened oh, wow. when I started out working weekend radio on ESPN 98.7 here in New York. And Stephen A. at the time just came back to local radio in the New York market. And so he had me on the show as a football analyst. Didn't realize that he didn't know my name. So Stephen A. goes on this long soliloquy about how great of a football analyst I was and how I was an up-and-coming star. And he says, now I want to introduce you guys to Super Bowl champion and and one of the best football analysts out there, Mr. Greg Canty. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Thanks, Stephen A.? Like, Greg Candy, I mean, right? Yeah, but I didn't correct him in that moment. Stephen A. Smith, you don't correct him on radio. Yeah. It's just like, all right, I'm, I guess I'm Greg Candy for the
1: interview. <laughs> like, <laughs> isn't that on the other person? Isn't that on you? Isn't that on Mike to say to me? <laughs>
2: you know, by the way, but, but, but here's the thing, though, when you're putting that much on it, I mean, he, he literally gave me a minute introduction when I jumped yeah. on the radio show with him before he announced my name, and then he calls me Greg Canty. Like, yeah. At that point, like, you, that's on Stephen A. That's not on me. Like, I won a Super Bowl in New yes, York City. that's true. You know, it's just like, come on. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. I but it's Stephen A. Smith, so you don't correct him. It's Stephen A. Smith. I have so not. It.
1: I, I have not. <laughs> and I would not have a problem if somebody had screwed up so my name. So you'd a. go on
2: being called Greg Carlin by Stephen A. In perpetuity.
1: <laughs> if I had won, won a Super Bowl, I wouldn't. If I hadn't, maybe. Oh, okay. All
2: right.
1: I mean, you know, he... He kind of is a big deal around here.
2: But that's what I said. I I didn't correct it, And I did win a Super Bowl. I didn't correct it. I mean,
1: did you ever have it happen where you were in that position? A hundred times.
4: Yeah. I mean, we actually talked about this over the draft, guys. Like, where, you know, you feel like, all right, people should hopefully remember your name. And when they don't, it's like so disappointing. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Like like the introduction game. Like, how many times do I have to – like, I've met – you know, now look, there's like the icons. Like, I've met Jerry Jones literally, like – 75 times in my life, over 20 years, and he is 0 (laughs) for (laughs) 75. Now, like, what's the over-under? Is it like 150? Like, when does it become, at some point, maybe he'd remember my name. See, but I would think with Jerry Jones, like,
2: that might happen with Stephen Jones every day. Like he may not know who that that's is. That's quite possible, especially at this stage in the game. I, at least I have the built in excuse. I used to get hit in the head for a living. I'll ride that one until the wheels fall off, brother.
1: Well, uh, Mike, I appreciate the perspective, and I, personally, I'm not going to take any of the blame here. Well, I just appreciate
4: you calling me Mike. <laughs>
1: You're the best. <laughs> Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN NFL front office insider. Canty and Carlin coming to you live from the Seaport District of Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. Now, every day there are drivers on the road who decide not to buckle their seat belts. Some of those drivers will be ticketed by law enforcement. Some of those drivers who crash. Won't make it home. Buckling up is the single most effective way to protect your life in the event of a crash and make it home safely to your loved ones. Don't risk it. Click it or tick it. Paid for by NHTSA.
3: Life is a series of choices. Who you got? Make a decision. Say
1: it! Say it! All right, I'll say it. Who you got? It is the segment that America waits for each and every week. It is Who You Got starring Bubba. What's going on,
0: brother? All right, here we go. We got a lot to get to today, and we're going to start with obviously the NBA. We've been talking about it all day. Can the Celtics come back? Greeny saying they can. We'll ask you guys now tomorrow night. Celtics at Heat, of course. It's on ESPN Radio. Tune in, and it's Boston minus two and a half. Who's going to win this one? Who you got? Boston minus two and a half. I think I'm going to go with the Celtics. Oh, his
1: eyes just lit up.
2: I think I'm going to go with the Celtics. I'll lay the points. Yeah, I'm going with Boston.
1: I, I myself, I am going to go with the Miami Heat. I, I think the Miami Heat will go home and will get it done, and you know what that means. Hashtag
0: K-O-D. The kiss of death.
2: I don't even recognize you right now. I know. Picking the Miami Heat. Picking a Miami sports team. What would Amber Wilson say? Uh, I think she'd be proud of me. I don't think she's going to say much of anything right now. She's enjoying herself in she the Bahamas.
1: Bahamas. What I mean, yeah.
2: again, that life. I want that life. I am so jealous of Amber Wilson's life, where you can take off and go to the Bahamas on, a, on in, a in forty and be there in forty-five minutes. Oh, it's beautiful.
1: Because she lives down in Florida. Oh, oh my yeah. God. KOD, by the way, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. All right, Bubba, next.
0: Earlier in the week, former Steelers quarterback Ben Roethlisberger admitted he wasn't rooting for Kenny Pickett to to succeed at first in Pittsburgh. Do you root for your replacements, and do you appreciate his honesty? Hell
2: no, you don't root for your replacement, but you can't say it out loud. You can't say it publicly. You can only wax poetic about the guy that's stepping in to fill your shoes, especially when you're a legend and future Hall of Famer and Ben Roethlisberger. The last thing you want to be seen as is that level of petty when you're talking about your legacy with that franchise, one of the most iconic franchises in the NFL's history, being cemented the way that Big Ben's was. Like, you've got to root for Kenny Pickett. You saying that you were rooting against him? Only makes you look worse. And trust me, Roethlisberger has enough things in his past to make him look bad.
1: Yeah, I, I was very disappointed, but unsurprised that Ben would say that. I really not surprised. Real shocker least. for you, huh? Oh, my God. As a Steeler fan, anyway. Yeah. Uh, as far as the, you know, would I root for my replacement? Depends on who the replacement is. I certainly have had a replacement that I
2: did not root for. No, no, That's no, happened. No, no, no. Now you're not keeping it a buck. No, no, I am keeping no it a buck. There's no way there's no world where you You mean wa- if I got fired? There's no way and there's no world where you want the company to be better off in your absence... Than when you were there. No, but like if it's a repl-
1: if I got fired, I don't want the replacement to be better. Even if I retired,
2: I don't want the replacement to be better.
1: If I like the person that was doing it, I want them to do
2: well. I want them to
0: do well, just not as well as I did.
1: Listen, we're all here for the blink of an eye. Okay,
2: anyway. here you go. Now I'm you're not, not being honest with the people. That. Yes, I am. No, you're not.
0: Next! Next. Uh, we just got some uh, great audio sent in from Anthony at 98.7. Why don't you guys listen to this? This is straight from 98.7 from a couple of years ago.
1: And I remember my man Greg Canty talking this morning on radio. He would say, once a teammate, always a teammate. I agree with that. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Oh, what a job by Anthony Pusek. I think we got, go a, we got
0: a second one, too. Here's this one Philanthropy along with Greg Canty.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, not only did he do it when he introduced me when I was on the show, but the follow-ups in referencing anything that I say, I'm Greg Canty. Did did I just did, don't so, understand how he got it in his mind that my name was Greg? I
1: don't know. I, I did did it ever? You never said anything.
2: No, ever. No, I never, so somebody else obviously said,
1: yeah. "Hey, by the way, it's uh,
2: it's Chris." Yeah, somebody else corrected yeah. him. I'm not going to correct Stephen A. Smith. This is yeah. Stephen A. Smith.
1: No, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, Greg Canty. That's I great. Think that boss. might stick. That's great, Bob. Thank
0: you, Anthony. All right, last one for me. Uh, My normal greenie coworker, Cam Pratt, not here today. He called out sick, but he's also heading on vacation to Turks and Caicos tomorrow morning. I'm not saying, I'm just saying, I'm just asking questions here. Who you got on Cam calling out today?
1: I think that you are justifiably answering questions, because I think Cam got a little bit of the Turks and Caicos flu before he even got on the plane. And I listen, I respect it to a degree if that was the case, but... Sometimes you can't telegraph your moves.
2: Listen, some is good, more is better. What's better than a three-day weekend? A four-day weekend. I don't blame him. I I respect the hustle. Well, here's the thing. I respect the hustle. He said
1: he was throwing up last night because uh, he had had something that Bubba had for lunch as well. Bubba felt fine okay this is all i'm saying
2: uh, well listen you'll never be able to prove it you can hide behind the ambiguity <laughs> of it Oh, you know, no, he
1: I could have sent us, cam cam the yeah. Send, yeah. Send oh, us the pictures yeah dear god send <laughs> us the Don't. pictures of the vomit oh my god geez listen if he follows what diana Rossini was saying he might actually be getting some problems down in turks and caicos she was given some pretty lit advice yesterday
0: thanks for listening to greenie the podcast You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN radio or watch the show through the watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at eight on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.